Hey, dude, it's good to see you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Last time we spoke was just on the uh, the ye old telephone. Um, <laughs> and now look out. The joys of, so, the joys of digital, eh? The digital innovation that we've had, eh? Dude, in two years. <laughs> what's going on? It's crazy. I can I can see you. But it's good to good to talk to you, man. Especially with Thank this you. new album. Holy Thank shit. You. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I man, I I really really like because Cannibal was my favorite album 2020. I think it was a lot of people's album 2020, but this one it's like everything is ramped up. Like you know, there's more layers, there's the more heavy riffage. It's it's just ridiculously good. But you know, it seems like you guys took everything you learned from Cannibal and tripled your efforts. It, it's it's nuts. Is that Thanks. is that the thought going into it? Yeah, I mean, obviously there was a lot of change and, um, you know, everyone went through a lot of change over the last kind of two, three years, didn't they? And so, you know, our band was was not unscathed by that and obviously had, you know, a lineup change and stuff. So um, yes. I think just going into into the record, there was just rejuvenation of like enjoying ourselves and enjoying being in a band and writing and just really pushing forward that kind of positive mindset, you know? And, and like usually we would kind of go into a record and be like, oh, we're going to write, a metalcore album and it's going to be buried tomorrow a metalcore album and like this record we kind of didn't do that we were just like we just want to write the best album you know we knew it was going to be heavy but we were like we just want to be the best we can be and i know that sounds really simple and something that we probably could have done a long time ago but like it was a perfect opportunity to kind of like think about it like that which is like what's right for the records like what's right for the song like and just let it kind of just enjoy the process and enjoy the journey and and that's kind of how this record was kind of born, you know. So there was definitely a lot less restrictions, I suppose, put on us. But going into the Seventh Son, did you feel a lot more pressure knowing that Cannibal was just massive? Was that something you guys were intimidated by? Yeah, I mean, I think you always have a little bit of pressure about, like, being bigger and better in, in the band, I think. Um, but I think, you know, obviously with the caveat of change and the caveat of it being different, the pressure's kind of off, like, in that, you know, we released Death and Life, which was a really good kind of opener to what the new era of Buried Tomorrow was. And obviously, like, Death is one of our biggest songs now. And so we already knew yeah. we were on a winning formula. And so kind of took out off that pressure. And, you know, I would argue that we might, you know, I'd be up for doing that again and kind of releasing some of new things for people to listen to prior to an album because it gives you a really good kind of litmus test of what they might like or what they might want differently from your band. And so kind of we head into it and you know, I know this is the best Barry Tomorrow people could ever get. And so, you know, and obviously the next album, I'm sure I'll say the same thing in, in a different light. But like, you know, for this one, we were like, I know, I know it's the best Barry Tomorrow version that they've had. And so I'm quite confident in the fact that, you know, I'm super proud of this album. And usually when you get to this point after having it for about a year, which we have. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, I changed that or I'd, I'd edit that or I'd do this differently. And that's always the crap bit about being in a band is that you're like, <laughs> oh, man, like I, I would change that by the time it comes out. But like, I wouldn't change a thing. Like genuinely, it, it yeah. is what it is. And yeah, I'm just super proud of it. Super proud. I can't wait for people to like hear it, you know. I feel lucky I've heard it. So <laughs> you yeah. are one of the lucky ones. I am. I am. I was at work the other day 
uh, and just have it cranking the headphones, man, and I just let it just take me away. It was just Thank incredible. Yeah, that's why we wrote it. Exactly oh. that reason. Just for me. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> just yeah. for me. Like, there's a guy in Australia who's <laughs> who wants just... to listen to this at work. Yeah, that's exactly why you wrote it. <laughs> but, um, man, how was it going into to working this? Work it, working this? I told you it's very early in the morning. Let me back that up. That's a okay. So, how was it going in with the process working with Ed and Tom? You know, obviously the new new members and what, how was their contributions? Yeah, I mean, again, like strangely easy, you know. And I think um, we kind of it was a baptism of fire. I think them coming in into the band, like their first two shows were fifteen thousand capacity venues, like uh, headlining a stage, like it, at a festival, like you know, playing songs that we'd never played live before with production we'd never brought before, and mm. you know, in a brand new lineup. So they they hit the ground running, and then obviously. We did some kind of belated album release shows, but then we were straight in the studio recording Life and Death and they were massive songwriters as part of that. And so, you know, there was no moment of being like, oh, they're session musicians, but they need to adopt the Berry Tomorrow way. Like it was immediately that this is the Berry Tomorrow way and they are strong songwriters in their own right. And so, you know, Tom is an outrageously talented human being. Like he's a songwriter, a producer. He can play every instrument in our band, like including screaming as well. And so... He just adds this like different level of dynamic where it comes to like he's a lyricist, an incredible lyricist. He, as I said, he writes songs for other people, and so to have that in the band immediately was just a, another planet. It was like we were working with some like top flight producer, but he's in our band. And then, um, and then Ed like is an incredible guitarist, like could be a lead guitarist in his own right, and has obviously toured and been in the band Heart in Hand, um, prior, and like we knew Ed and. So the whole process, because we had kind of had this knowledge and we knew these people, like it just meant that it was immediately great. And, you know, and and the way the band was before, the kind of feeling in the camp before, like we've seen this mark increase in positivity and this mark increase in like just enjoying ourselves and and just enjoying being in a band. And that that matters probably more so than even the stuff, the former stuff that I mentioned, which is about their talent is just the vibes are so good in this band that it's just conducive of, of creativity, you know, and enjoying what we do. Another thing is you guys have a very distinct sound, especially the guitars, like the riffage. Like I know it, it's Barry tomorrow just by hearing those guitar riffs and your vocals, you know what I mean? So yeah. when you get other, other people coming into the camp, obviously they're bringing their own influences, their own, you know, musical background but how how difficult is it to sort of keep that original sound and or incorporate the, those new elements? Because you, obviously there's those things you don't really want to have to change. Yeah, I, do, I don't think you think about it as much, to be honest. Like, you know, Dorse, you know, Chris, our, our guitarist, is he's still the major songwriter in this band. He still is the person that starts that starts the process, and obviously I'm – I'm the vocalist of the band. And so yeah. you've always kind of got that constant. Like if you really, over, you know, if we went and overanalyzed the music and, and what we've changed on this record to what we, what we had in Cannibal, like they are marked difference. But I think the the blessing with kind of, I suppose, metalcore music or melodic deathcore or whatever people want to call it, like is that the spectrum is so large of where yeah. you can go because we have melody and because we have overtly heavy bits we've kind of got heavier and heavier throughout our career, but actually adding more and more melody in, like almost under the radar kind of being like, Hey, like, 
you know, we are still very melodic and there's a lot of melodic moments on this new record. But yeah. in general, most people with first reaction would be like, oh, it's viscerally heavy. It's, it's you know, it's a brutal album. But actually, when you get down to it, it's it's no more heavy or no less melodic than than what our other stuff was. I think it's just a very, very different sounding record where those things are melded more closely rather than it feeling like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's like this is an experience that people go on. And so, yeah, you less think about it and like, you know, as long as it's got that that vibe, as long as it's got Dorsey's riffs in, like as long as it's got um, my vocals over the top, like, but even then, like my vocals sound very different whilst they're still my tone. It's still what people recognise as me. Yeah. Very different to what they were on Cannibal and, they, and every album. If you go back past our, you know, back catalogue, seven albums deep, like I, I don't sound like the same vocalist from Portraits to what I do now or, or Union of Crowns to what I do now or Black Flame even to what we are now. Like, and so, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think people will always be like, oh, it sounds like Barry Tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, it, that's because we have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> so, you know, and people are used to that, you know, and they're used to how we sound. And obviously, you know, we just try to push ourselves a little bit more on this record. There are things you were doing vocally on this one that is so fucking cool, man. Like you just little bits and things. I, you- I know the bit that's in your mind when when you say that. Is it in really? Banderas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. A, I think that's also a nod to kind of what's coming. I think you know you've got to you've got to keep up, and you know the vocalists for a long, long time screaming. Bearing in mind, I've done this since I was sixteen years old. I joined this band in two thousand and six. Like. I've been doing this a long, long time. And I've been a vocalist since I was 13 years old. And yeah. like it was a long period of time where screaming was screaming, you know, and, and really the death metal and black metal world probably were the most extreme versions of, of vocals. And then we kind of got this deathcore era. People like, um, you know, even when like Bring Me started or Suicide Silence, uh, Through the Eyes of the Dead, like uh, All Shall Perish, all of these bands kind of came out and it was like, holy crap, like that's, that's like pushing the extremes. That's pushing the envelope when it comes to like vocals and, and like, but I was always like, well, we're in this metalcore world, so I don't want it to sound contrite. I don't want people to be like, oh, here we go. Dan's trying to show off with his vocals. And and like, I've progressed. You know, I'm learning every day. I'm getting better and better at what I do. I'm better now as a vocalist than I ever have been, which is yeah, man. like, which is some kind, I don't know, not rare. I think bands do it, but like, I'm always up for learning more vocals. And the great thing is our music has progressed in a, in a more kind of metal way and, and a heavier way that it's almost warranted me changing along with it. So it's kind of like, yeah, it is more brutal in places on this record, but actually this is a really, it doesn't sound like, oh, that's weird. Dan's like overtly progressing. It's all kind of coming together. And yeah, now I have a setup where I record at home and, and, um, and I, uh, and I'm pushing myself, you know, and there's some, and so I should, you know, there's some great vocalists out there. And for a long period of time, screaming was screaming. Right. And it was, a good screamer or you know an okay screamer and that was screaming in music whereas now like you look at the people that are out there you look at the Courtney LaPlante you look at the um Will Ramos you look at like Taylor from Left to Suffer like these are like this is a different planet of um you know and yeah we had our era you know we have we've got people like um Phil Bozeman we've got you know Mitch Lucker prior to him you know you've got people like um prior to him you know Randy Blythe like these are the standout people but like like now it's like everybody seems to be this other other planetary vocalist and you know I've got to keep up I've got to, I've got to work on my craft and so I should like I can't yep. sit back and be like oh that's yeah, fine 
<laughs> like, no, no, whatever. I, I like this, you know. <laughs> I get it too, man. Like I've been doing it for twenty years, and I've found now with you know, there's there's heaps of different techniques that I'm learning now, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I just it's mind blowing. It, like these kids are coming up discovering ways of of contorting the voice, like the tongue and. Man, I'm learning all that stuff too. It's nuts. And your new your videos, I'm loving your vocal videos too. Doing all Thank the you. covers and stuff. Like, yeah, it's mad, man. Like, and it, and it helps me. Like, re recording like live has never been a problem for me. I, as I said, yeah. I've, I've I've played a lot of shows over the years. I've done a lot of long tours over the years. Um, you know, and and professionally toured for you know since I was like 17. And so, like, I've I've done this, and I've and and I'm happy with live. I'm like, yeah, cool. I know what I'm doing live. But when it comes to like recording, it always was the bit that I was like, oh, okay. I want to make sure it sounds live. And over the last two albums, like Cannibal and this, like I've managed to emulate that. Um, would I change things? Probably not on how the delivery was on on um, Seventh Son, but I would definitely change. I would record on SM7 again instead of an SM58. With, oh, okay. Uh, Seventh Son on. And that was more for comfort. You know, that was yeah, more yeah. for like, and you can hear it. You can hear how I elongate certain notes or dip certain notes. And that's because I'm on an SM58. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm comfortable. I, I know this. Yes. Like, but, but now I've got my, um, you know, I'm recording on SM7, which is obviously a, a far more traditional mic for for kind of metal vocals. And yeah. I just am a hundred times more confident. And obviously I can hear myself in single takes. So as everyone knows, shock horror, spoiler alert, you know, a lot of the times it's double tracked, quad tracked, whatever it is. Most of your favorite vocalists on the planet are all, all yes. got lots of tracks behind them and especially in death metal world where it's various different left and rights and all that kind of stuff whereas i really enjoy that i can hear like what my voice sounds just coming out of my mouth which is which again it's just literally that's all i'm doing i'm putting on a track and single track let's go and yeah that spirit box one that i did was was really cool because that was my first take so that was literally i was like all right i'm going to listen to this song and i had done like i tracked a couple of bits and i was like okay cool i probably can do this song now i um i went and listened to the song again holy roller and then yeah literally i came back here put it on first take and i was like that's so cool i was really stoked that i could do that um and, and it's cool because it gives me confidence in my own art you know game changer dude is a game changer and uh, you know i i think i sent you a message like because i needed to find a new way of recording and i remember you did the 58 and i I think I sent you a message and I was like, how'd you do this, dude? Because it's not the easiest thing. And I spoke to uh, Will as well. Like, um, you know, Dan, sorry, Dan. It's early morning. I spoke to Dan as well. <laughs> how he did it, like the vocal chain and stuff. And that really yeah. helped me. You know, it really helped me. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> what you do, like, and it's amazing, you know, some of the biggest eyes. People are always, you know, you're always going to try and pick, you know, and I'm guilty of this, right? So I, I've got Logic and I've got the yeah. the vocal chains that people use and I've got the SM7 now. Here it is um, hey. right next to me. You know, I, I um, you know, and, and but don't be afraid to like experiment with things like some of the best artists out there, like have used things like SM58s, which you yeah. would naturally be like, oh, it's not the most expensive microphone, but like it's a solid, solid microphone. And, and I would argue that for feel, um, and especially if you know, I'm not one of these elitists that's like you can't. Like I don't cut the mic, but like I'm not a I'm not an elitist. In some, if someone feels that that's how it sounds cool and they want to do it, then crack on. Like yeah, you know, that's, that's whatever works, man. Yeah, it's, it's what it is. Like especially screaming vocals, man. Like it, 
there is a thousand as you alluded to before there's a thousand ways to do the same thing really and and for a lot of people they're sat blowing their voice out because they're trying to be someone of the vocalist and it's like you know I've, I've always been quite confident and that's one thing i took from melissa cross like massively was like don't try and be someone else like try and be you um and yeah technique is important like so when i watch will i'm like will ramos or i'm i'm watching taylor do his recording from left to suffer i'm like oh, okay cool like i get what you're doing and dave um you know from the metal vocal institute like i watch him in his videos and i'm like that's really interesting and how he how he talks about vocal mechanics and but i've also done that so for me i've helped other vocalists and when they're struggling with things they're struggling with breath breath pressure they're struggling mm. with like fry and and my biggest thing for is that i did vocals in a certain way and i had to be amped up for a long time i was like right i've got to be pumped up and it was false chord and i didn't know this at the time but i was our first album is straight false chord and then i went into like i went into our first american tour and i was like this is the worst thing i've ever done because it just blew my voice out yeah 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 and i had to learn really quickly we're on a six and a half week tour it had three days off i was like right here we go like i've got to be better and then when we did union of crowns i like fully went fry so it's fully fry and ever since that point in 2012 i've kind of rebuilt in like, almost a blended approach of false and fry and so that what you're hearing now is the absolute culmination of that. So, you know, even in Black Flame, I went even, it's probably slightly less false chord and more fry. And then with Cannibal, I went, it was proper blended. So like, it was like, oh, here we go. And then with this record, even more so, like you're hearing a proper combination of both of those things together, you know? Oh, it's epic, dude. I could talk I about vocals forever. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. Me too. I'd love to have a proper, like, deep dive but uh you're coming back to australia dude we are so damn keen it's long overdue man like uh when was the last time we saw you i'm trying to remember because it was when we toured in 2015 maybe 2014 2015 probably 2014 i can't remember but yeah we did it with the ghost inside and i could the problem queen and hellions and in hearts wake that's right Um, we obviously monster tour but we we also then did like some headline shows after so we we were out in we were out in oz for like probably five weeks so which is the longest australian tour that probably any international band's ever done in this in in oz <laughs> um but it was a really good time like it, i one thing i would say is like whilst we haven't been there since which is a long time like I'm really I'm glad we did that because I could really experience Australia in its entirety rather than just what usual bands do, which is like, you know, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, maybe they get over to Adelaide and Perth, like, but really that's it. Whereas we did the whole vibe, like we did everywhere. And, you know, we did the fucking bush. We were, we were there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then we could, you know, we had a week off in, I think it was Adelaide. Um, and then we did, you know, another week and a half of our own kind of, a tour and yeah. so yeah i stoked that we can get back out there and headline and and hopefully that opens up some more doors for us out there oh dude it's gonna be epic sorry my alarm was telling me to wake up right when you anyway but i can't wait to see you man i can't wait to see you again it's gonna be such a good tour and uh yeah, man, especially fun. with this album and it's you're on fire bro it's going to be such a massive yeah. year for you and uh wish you and, and the boys all the best. And uh, we're going to have all the links down here. Seventh Sun is out next week on March 31st. And uh, mate, it's going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to see you in Oz. Yeah, let's go. 
Have a beer. Beer and Brizzy. <laughs> Beers it is. <laughs> Thanks, dude.